Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We're super excited to have with us James Grunke. He's the president and CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership. James, welcome to our studio here. I am delighted to be here. Thanks for asking me. I can tell you it's so exciting to be in the new world headquarters of Talk Erie right here in downtown Erie. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. You know, it it is... um, I mean, again, this is this is the bread and butter of of what uh, what your whole career has been about about renewal and redevelopment and expansion. And when you look around, if you do like a three sixty here, everything from the Children's Museum to our east, all the way to our west, where the the climbing wall and the new residences and the parking garage, everywhere we look is growth. It is. I mean, that's why I. Honestly, I am thrilled that you are downtown and you're seeing and you're part of this because, you know, you were the one of the very first people to recognize the need for a business focused radio show in this community and having you right down in the actual construction zone is terrific. But you're exactly right. So one of the most famous reports in Erie was the Charles Bookie report, right? And that was before my time, but I've taken a lot of that to heart. And one of the things that he said, is if you're not willing to invest into your community, why would anybody else invest in it? And he came up with a number, I think it was about, if you need to invest about $600 million are just, are just closed down. But just think about this. So this was around 16 or 17, mm-hmm. five, five or six years ago. You know, in Erie, we do everything from the water, right? You start at the water and sure. go south. <laughs> so you, you take what the, the, um, well, the you take the convention center, convention you take center, the, yeah. the hotels, you yeah. take what John Melody's invested during the pandemic in two, two buildings. You take what the Scott Enterprises did with, with the hotel and Oliver's. And then you go to, um, UPMC, $100 million. You go where we're sitting, $150 million. We go next to you at Children's Museum, tens of millions. Across the street, Richford Arms, 35 million, 130, 50 million Erie Insurance, Gannon University, nice. 70 million, <laughs> Warner, UPMC wow. Park, yeah. the building we're in, Pete Zafras, you go up to, uh, 18th Street, the new, the hotel they're renovating, mm. another 15 million, AHN, 70 million dollars. So the fact that that number's actually been exceeded, and I don't think we as a community actually, it's like, wait a minute, that is a lot, yeah. and it has happened, and it's happened during a pandemic, it's happened in five years. How many communities in across the United States could say, in the last five years, we invested a half a billion dollars in ourselves? Erie can. We, yeah, we almost need like a, instead of the debt clock, which is always going up, we need to do an investment clock here of all the dollars that for capital investment are, that are going on in, in Erie County. That, that would be remarkable. It is. And then it's kind of what we were talking about beforehand. And I know we want to have some some of the harder conversations about we have the probably the most concentrated investment in Erie and who knows, ever maybe. But where are the jobs coming? Why are we languishing in the economy? Why are, is our growth anemic at best, right? And um, I'll let you set it up, but I'm sure. already giving you how to cue me up. <laughs> well, 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 let's start with the job part, and then we're going to talk about the infrastructure of, 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 of a best practice 
you know, economic development plan. And again, your, your eerie forward, uh, game plan for, from the chamber, I thought was a very, very strong, um, blueprint of what we wanted to do, especially on the job side. Your goal was what? 2,000 family sustaining jobs. Right. Over five years, starting over five years, 2020 through 2024. Um, and, even though we're still in a pandemic, you know, everybody says we're in the pandemic's over, but we're not there yet. You know, we're not backing off of those goals, right? You cannot be a good community without good jobs, and you cannot have good jobs without being a good community. And this is probably my biggest puzzle that I haven't, I have to be honest, I haven't figured out because there is every single ingredient for success in this community. You have if I look at educational institutions, um, the communities that have an engineering school have the best prosperity um, because the innovation comes out of that. Mm. We have two, right? We have um, – uh, Yeah, and, and Barron is ranked top 50 in the country. Right. You, we have um, four amazing universities. Yeah. We've got LECOM. We have – but we're only retaining 28% of those graduates are staying in Erie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I always look at – um, labor participation rates, and I know we've talked about that in the past, um, and we also are always interested in um, uh, the the retention of the graduates. What does that look like? Right. Right? Because we have to, and, and I think Erie has been buoyed so much, a little bit because it's been such a welcoming community to, to refugees over time that that has maybe hidden some of our um, out migration. Okay. But we think there might be an opportunity to help reverse that is even in having some Ukrainian refugees come here, right? Mm-hmm. If we can import 2,000 or so, of that, how do we help create that? So it's a complicated morass, but we have to just quit sitting sidelines and do something. I have a couple questions yes. about it. And again, we're, we're staying on the job thing. And again, where this is a lot of this is bubbling up is, uh, what I was tweeting about on, on Sunday, which was that we, not only do we rank poorly, we were ranked at the bottom of job creation. Elkhart, Indiana is the, is the, the fastest job creating, uh, or, uh, you know, metropolitan area. Four small cities, right? Rank number one, unemployment rank, rank, uh, 11th, labor participation rank two, payroll change rank two, late and chance of labor force size rank four, and chains in average weekly wages rank, wow, number one in weekly wages. Again, I mean, the, the RV, the RV plants are just paying a fortune, right? I mean, they're kind of a Johnny One note from what I understand Elkhart is. That's right. So I remember probably 2017, Elkhart was being used as an example of what's wrong in America, right? Because there was nobody making RVs. I mean, the pandemic actually helped that industry. Yes. So, but we can't say woe is me. They, because I can remember reading many trade publications about, you know, the, the, the death of Elkhart and the fact that they've been able to turn that around is, we should all be learning from 100 percent and w- how and why i mean there's lots of you know people use the term rust belt city I, I i prefer legacy city yeah but not 
everybody languishes and why are some communities thriving and some not? Um, and let me, let me give the numbers for Erie in those same rankings. So 313th overall. We're tied with Parkersburg, West Virginia. Wow. Uh, unemployment rate rank 300th. Labor participation rank 199. That's actually higher than I thought it would be. 223 for payroll change rank. 265 for change in labor force size rank and 311 in change in average weekly rate wages rank. If I, if I, if I look at that number, I'm going to roll back to a conversation with, that I had with your colleague, uh, Jake Rao, and I had, uh, two of, uh, two other people in your sphere, which were Janet Anderson and Jeffrey Lyons. And we were talking about wages. This was late in 2019, and the idea was that at, at some point, Erie is going to have to start wait, raising their wages. What it shows to me after in late 2021 or after 2021 is that that message has not hit just yet. Maybe it's taken until April and May and June of 2022 for the real wage pressure to hit this town. Yeah, and I still don't think some of our employers are really recognizing that yet. Um, uh, you know, in the pandemic, there was lots of convenient excuses. Oh, somebody's being paid to sit on the couch. Oh, there's this and that. And and they found that any community that, that they they remove the enhanced benefits, it had zero impact on, on labor participation. It didn't move. But what we really found here in Erie is, one, we have an aging population. So some population, say you're 63, 64, working in manufacturing, it's like, I'm not going back. I can go to work at Lowe's for 15 or 16 bucks an hour, and I have no pressure. Or, you know, entry wage at PNC Bank now for any position is, is $18 an hour. And our some of our area employers have not recognized if we don't raise wages, that's why people leave. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to take care of their family? Right, right. Who who doesn't want a, a, a better opportunity? And, and and are you seeing that in in all spheres where there's still this this downward pressure or this lack of understanding of the new reality for the marketplace when it comes to jobs yes. and workers? Yes, it's yes. in all. It's in every sphere, huh? It is, and and I I, I clearly I don't want to make this sound like political, but. When I hear, oh, people just don't want to work, I, I don't think that's true. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really familiar with people who have that attitude. Um, but we need to have a pathway to show how they can get the skilled job that they want and the training necessary to mm -hmm. do it and why this gives them ability to live and sustain a family here. Um, but I, I find it contrary to that. People do want to work. They just don't maybe not know how. That's why I was such a proponent of the creation of the Erie County Community College, right? Career and technical right. education. Yeah. How are we showing pathways? It's, 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 it's absolutely true. Someone's asking, why should employers wait, raise wages if there are no new jobs in Erie? Well, that's a total fallacy. There's a, a in, incredible number of new jobs. There's an incredible amount of new jobs out there. I mean, we, we were looking at this. I'm going to, I'm going to do, uh, yeah, uh, they're saying on this particular, uh, look that there's 500 jobs in Erie. I think it's more like, uh, 1900. I can't get the, the website to work right now, but, uh, that's beside the point. Uh, you know, every conversation I've had with employers talk about that they have, 
um, the maximum availability of jobs, whether it is in meds and eds, whether it's in retail, whether it's in uh, fast food. I mean, the huge categories across the board. It, it is. I mean, I was talking um, with a, a company today, a, a five-person company, that they could hire three people today. Right. <laughs> they could go. They could increase sixty percent. Right. If they, if they find him. So our job, uh, we think our job in the yeah. chamber, is you have a workforce delivery system. You have the the employers, but nobody knows how to interface with each other or be the go between or the concierge or say here's actually who can provide that training or this service for yeah. you. And that's what we really are trying to figure our space in the workforce system is how do you get everybody to talk to each other and provide solutions for needs. So so you you would be um you would have a job board. How, how do you think that that would work? It, it could be any of those things, but um this one business that I was talking today they recognized that they needed two of their employees needed some training. Okay. Um, and their out-of-pocket expense for these two employees to get the training was up just under $4,000. Well, a lot of businesses, that's a barrier, mm-hmm. right? I, how am I, I can't, I can't afford to do that. Yeah. And so we would look with them, all right, well, let's understand what your need is. And then are there workforce training dollars available that you could access to help you get there? Because we, as a chamber, fundamentally believe a business's resources should be going to developing their business. And if we can find outside resources to help them grow other parts like workforce incumbent training or new work hires, that's really what we want to do. And it's just, it's a complicated system of trying to understand how do I access. And it's not, it's complicated because our workforce delivery system, every president since Nixon and every governor since then want to put their own Handprints, right? Yes, and it's, yeah. a, it's a confusing mess. But it sounds like to me, I think what you just mentioned sounds like a case management strategy to small business. It is, and that's why we always encourage people. There's no question that's too small for us. We want to hear the question, um, even if you don't think we can provide a solution, and we're not. Just think as if. When you open our door, how many doors can we open for you right. to get you to the answer that you want? It's interesting. I feel like uh, there's there's a lot of resources for that entrepreneur, that that startup. There is some resources like the fire accelerator to kind of get things, you know, that is that are pre-production to go. But what about the guy that's making it happen that maybe is is grossing a half a million, million, two million a year, but they're they're hitting that glass ceiling, James. They are, and because. They're spending all their time running their business, not spending time, you know, on their business. And that's what we're here to try to help to say, we want to hear. So we do, we have an outreach team that they do 250 visits a year, just going out to business and say, tell us what's going on. Again, uh, James, you came to town, what, in 19 or 18? I think it was 18, right? It, it, was, it was fall of 18. Yeah. It's hard okay. to imagine. I can't even remember. <laughs> I mean, you're on, you're, you're three and a half years into it. Coming from Missoula, Montana. Right. I'm a big fan of the Yellowstone show. And, uh, I mean, of, of course, their, their problems are very different in Yellowstone. I know it's a fictional program, uh, than what we have here in Erie because all they see is opportunity in a place like Montana. It is, but, but one of the things that attracted me to, to come to Erie is I saw a lot of similarities between um, my experience in Missoula and my and what looked like the opportunity here. Um, 
in 2010, they lost their largest employer. 2009, they lost their second largest employer. 5,000 jobs in a year vanished from their community. It sounds like a Pittsburgh kind of story or Youngstown kind of story. So it was just such a a paralysis, and they're like, we have to do something. Um, And today... You know, it's been 12 years later. They've not only made up the 5,000 jobs they've lost, but they've added another 15,000 jobs. Um, Because sometimes a crisis is when we act best. Um, But I saw, you know, they had similar community. It was a university town. We're a university town, which is funny. People in Erie don't think it's a college town, but Erie is a college town. It's over 10% of the population is students. So it's a college town. Um, Manufacturing, you know, that was a blue-collar paper mill and in and a lumber mill the um, lumber mill that closed in 2009 there are more people now working on that physical footprint than there was than it, when it closed so it was a thousand so jobs in maybe 25 businesses instead of 800 jobs in one business right so but but something else happened in Missoula that we need to figure out and how to capture and that is it became attractional I mean, honestly, there's something about the Boise's and the and the you know the Missoulas of of the Great Plains where they're drawing from California, they're drawing from the you know Chicago to a like a life that they're they are. It's the life that attracts them. People go there, so it's rare in Boise or. Seattle or Portland or Missoula that you're actually meeting people that are from there, right? Correct. They're all like, oh my gosh, I found heaven. I'm coming here. Bend, Oregon would be the same way, right? That And Erie actually should be that way. Um, Sioux Falls, which is is a lovely community, but it's flat and there's no trees and there's nothing. You know, it's growing 20% a year. Oh it doesn't my. have a university in its town, right? But it, people go there and it's like, this is where I want to be. And yeah, I mean, you, you look at what, what, what we have. And I'm not even talking about the lake. I know, but we, it is, you would think it would be attractional. And, and so, uh, solution side, again, we can, we can make the problem, problem all day long. Do you feel like we have the, the gears in place? Maybe, cause, cause maybe this jobs thing, and then we're going to transfer over to the systems thing, but maybe this jobs thing is all about, um, population maybe it's it's about getting the people to do whatever versus we've got to have these great employers for people to come you bring up probably the most important point in today's economic development real world so it used to be companies went where the raw materials were right or they needed a transportation corridor you know i need to be on a river i need to be um by the woods for lumber i need to be Companies don't operate that way anymore. Their number one, the number one thing they're looking is, can I find people, right? And so communities that are growing attract companies because what are they growing? People. And that's what the companies want. And then the flywheel goes. And then it goes. And so if we have a mentality, it's like, no, no, we have this great um, uh, industry here and we can grow it, which is still a good strategy. If, if, a, if a company doesn't see positive net in migration you're you're not going to make it and so it 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 works both directions right so mm-hmm. we're declining because we decline and the growing are growing because they're growing right and we 
have to change that. We have to be really serious about how do we change that trajectory. It will, it will never be in Austin or Nashville, but there's something that says to our kids, kids from Erie, that say, I'm moving to Nashville. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that I'll have an opportunity in Nashville. Is there a way to scale that as a small city to say, I'm moving to Erie. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I'll do something. It is. It's absolutely that. Erie, we're not really just a population of 300,000, right? The, the way we work changed the last two years. We're really a population of what, probably six or seven million within an hour and a half of here, right? So I can have my job in Buffalo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh and live in Erie. I can do, maybe I can have that job and never have to go there again, right? We have always been trying to say, how do we get but maybe we need to get people living here and then the jobs follow because they really don't. It's not, it's purely a labor equation for a company to say, should I come to your community? I have to find, do I think I can find workers? Um, I, I want to do one more thing on this jobs deal. And, and again, we were referring to um, Erie. By the way, Erie was not the worst of Pennsylvania on this list. Below us, which actually shocked me on the Wall Street Journal uh, job creation list, is State College at 322. And at the very bottom of the entire United States, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, at 326. But back to Erie's numbers, the, the, the thing that seemed to hold us back is the, the unemployment rate rank, the payroll change rank, and the average in weekly wages, the change in average weekly wages rank. And so, uh, again, do jobs beget wages? I mean, does, do we need more tightening of our, of our, um, labor force before the wages are going to go up? Or is it just that the, the legacy costs of how, of the, the types of businesses that we have in this town? are just, they're going to pay what they're going to pay. I wish I had a, a smart answer. Um, you know, we believe in the market, and the market's going to dictate what the wages are. Um, and as employers continue to face those, a, a labor shortage, one way to increase your pool is increase your wages. Um, we have a program we use for economic development modeling called IMSI, E-M-S-I. And you can, I can put in any career field that you want, any NAICS code. And yeah. I can say, hey, um, I want a, a, a tool maker in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I can put in four different wage levels, $15 an hour, $50 an hour, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it will tell me what the labor pool is available for that dollar amount, right? So you That's can see that if, huh, if I went from 25 to $35 an hour, my talent attraction may be tripled. So my, it, you may think my cost went up $10 an hour, but it, it might not have, your productivity may go up exponentially because you're getting a very different employee. So it, there, there's different things to look at. It's not just, I mean, jobs are really interesting, right? It's like, 
you're going to pay me to help you make money, right? That, that's right. the job. That's the yes. purpose of a job. I, I am, I am yet, uh, but a small percentage right. of the of the uh, per their per piece. Right. I mean, but that deal. everybody goes to work. It's like, wait, wait a minute. You're going to pay me to help you make money. Okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense. And then let me help you make more money, and then mm-hmm. I make. More. So anyway, we do think there's these. And again, in any career, we can do that. We've used other analysis. We, we wanted to know, um, hey, if um, we did this once for AHN, where did they fit, fit in for competitive entry-level nursing in the region? Yeah. And we can put it in, and we can say, well, there's a there's a gap here. And either we fill the, close the gap or you continue to train nurses and have them export from our community. Yeah, and, 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 and literally the meds... The big medical uh, businesses that are in Western PA have different bands depending on where you live. There is an urban band, and what they call urban is Pittsburgh Metro pays that same critical care nurse a significantly higher amount than the critical care nurse in the rural band. And whether that is in Lancaster or in in, uh, Franklin or in downtown Erie, we're rural to to these large organizations. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that, that in, when I talk to either UPMC or AHN, you know, nursing shortage is just, you know, is a nightmare for them. I yeah. mean, they're so nervous and scared about, you know, what's our future? You know, they're paying um, traveling nurses. The, the, the going rate for a traveling nurse, I think, is around $400,000 a year now. <laughs> you know, you, you've got UPMC created their own school of nursing here yes. at the Jameson School of Nursing yeah. because they've got to have a pipeline to do this. I mean, you can become a, a nurse in Erie, Pennsylvania for zero cost. Wow. Um, and have an unbelievable career ladder. And uh, we want to encourage everything we can do. And part of the problem is the private sectors had to figure these things out on their own, right? Mm-hmm. So custom engineering, they have their own welding school. They don't wow. want to have a welding school, but they want welders. UPMC, they have a nursing school because what do they need? They need nurses. They need nurses. And because we, we didn't have that because wow. of the lack of the Erie County Community College and some of these other things that the private sectors had to make their own responses. And that's what we think we can kind of figure out is how to get the public resources to support the private sector. I mean, I'm a private sector person, right? I yes. believe the private sector should be the, is the leader. I believe that we need to follow because that's where jobs are created is mm-hmm. in the private sector. Um, and w- we have to let the market work. I was up for a job. Uh, I won't mention the organization, but it was a statewide organization. And, you know, the, you know, the, they had to, they had to promote the job across the state and they were showing the salary bands. But when I went to the interview, they said, uh, disregard that. We don't pay that high. And you're like, Oh, Okay, I I don't get that, but no, talent uh, is talent. Right? Talent is yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, you know. The where the where? All right, let's grab a phone call here. Hey, uh, Phil Kerner, you're live with uh, James Grunke and Joel Natalie. Hello. Hey, hello. I actually just had a quick question. I just I've been listening, and I've oh. heard it said you could become a uh, a nurse for zero cost. And I'm just kind of curious what uh, you were talking about with that. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, uh, yeah. So the I'll just say, like, I know I've looked into the Hammett School of Nursing, and I don't know if there's other ones you're talking about. I know the Hammett School of Nursing is actually still a pretty significant amount of money. I, I figured I figured the whole point of it was going to be to be you know uh, 
a lot cheaper of a way to become a nurse or something, but uh, surprised how much it still costs. I'm just curious what you were talking we'll, about. Thank we'll, you. We'll, let, we'll hang up and we'll let uh, uh, Jim, James answer. Uh, so I think there's some significant scholarships that Hammett Health Foundation were supplying, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, um, and I know that's their goal is to have tuition-free and debt-free, wow. more importantly, for their, their graduates. But also Erie County Community College um, offers free tuition for Erie County uh, residents. And so there are programs available um, for uh, um, citizens to get yeah. the training needed. And so, um, again, I don't want to speak for the foundation or, or the Jameson School, but I know that's their goal. I know that the Erie Community Foundation is partnering with the Greater Erie Economic Development Corporation to provide, you know, apprenticeship training, mm-hmm. um, scholarships, and, and other avenues because the cost – Two things, right? Cost is a barrier, and we have to be extremely sensitive of what type of debt we're leaving these yeah, young people absolutely. with. Yeah. You, and don't forget, you do have Edinburgh, which is going to become Penn West, you know, which has a strong nursing program down there. Uh, Gannon. Gannon has a strong – and, again, if you are, if you are underprivileged – uh, again, and you might be able to get free tuition under the the the, the Archbishop Gannon um, scholarships and things like that. So there's 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 money out there. I I, I don't have a ton of time with James Grunke, and I want to make sure that we pivot here because I feel like um, again one of the big mysteries in this town continues to be who's responsible for economic development. And here's why, James. You know, well before um, you left the Great Plains. We had a catastrophic failure in our economic development infrastructure. We had developed Erie, which, which went bankrupt. Uh, they made a big bet and, you know, they bought a bunch of land and they, they went under. We lost, again, Kathy Dahlkemper would tell me, we lost 10 years of, of any kind of forward momentum when it came to economic development. And again, that's referring to the, the, the economic development authority, the redevelopment authority, right? Uh, develop Erie and so on. You've explained that, that the chamber and your role at the chamber is uh, integral to the, the, the way forward, uh, in this, in this, this sphere. But it's not, you're not the only player in this. So explain how how it normally happens, and then you know, you know where where can we make this kind of where can we have these silos drop, and we can really work together? Because I tell you what, if we don't get this right, it's trouble. You know. Well, I would say first and foremost, the entities that are inside the economic development system they actually do work together very well. Um, you know, we have a. Every other week, it's called the lead team, right, where all the economic development organizations are talking about what are they working on, what are, the, what are they hearing, are there barriers. Um, you know, the, the corporation that went bankrupt, the, the, the sad thing I think that wasn't recognized is while they plan didn't work out, that function was still needed, Right. We right. still needed someone developing industrial land or repurposing land well, to I think put it, it back got, into like, production. I mean, not, not, to, not to name names, but it got dumped on Rick Novotny down in Corey because there was, the, you know, all the, all the oxygen left and Rick was holding the bag 
This is my editorial comment. You know, I, I think I think you're right. And then I think um, when they kind of separated um, Rick's relationship to the Erie County Redevelopment Authority um, and have Tina Mangine and now Chris Groner joining that team, um, they're they're really trying to do a little bit of everything, right? They're doing loans to businesses. They're trying to do land development. But the land development is a little misnomer. They're not, they're trying to find land to put back into production, right? A, a land that the private sector just can't pencil out doing it, right? They can't afford to tear down the building, rehab the place, and put it back into the production. So um, what they're doing on 12th Street, right? That is an example where the private sector just, it you cannot make it profitable. Yeah. So they can. So they're going to do the, they're going to take the upfront exposure and put it back into production, productive so, use. So kind of a, 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 kind of a, a contrast mm -hmm. uh, to the economic, what, what, what uh, Erie Economic Development is doing at Malibu Iron, uh, they, they have to do it with their uh, capital stacks vis-a-vis what, what Pete Zappras is doing with General Tire, where that is within the realm of him and, and his ability to get capital. Uh, I mean, again, it, it's of scale, correct? Uh, but yes and no. I mean, uh, uh, Pete okay. is really, you know, he's buying really steel. That's what he's buying. Okay. Uh, because it's expensive. You yeah. can't rebuild these, these facilities for what they cost. But he has a, a very aggressive... Um, tax and other incentive strategies that he takes advantage of to give him the margin that he needs to be productive. Gotcha. And so, so our, the programs are there for the him. The programs are there. And so our job is we don't really want to get involved in somebody's capital stack, but we want to say, here's the, here's the buffet menu of which ones can help you. Mm -hmm. Because why would you use your own money when you can have some other enhancements? So here downtown, right, we would use new market tax credits or we would use uh, historical tax credits or a variety of other sources. In, in economic development, um, the, the berry plastics expansion that, yeah. that they're doing. Yeah. To us, that's a really simple project. I mean, really simple. And it took seven different financing vehicles to make that oh work. Oh my God. And in our world, that's easy. So I was talking <laughs> in a project in Dayton. Yeah. Um, they were doing, and it was like 47 different financing vehicles. And that's again, our role. Do we lend money? No. But do we know how to package a deal to help the private sector make, you know, Private sector is trying to do th two things, minimize exposure and risk, right? And they need predictability. Mm -hmm. So so what you would say to, um, you would say that there's a role for the chamber, there's a role for the Economic Development Authority, and there's a role for the government, for the county. Absolutely. And the city, actually. Absolutely. I mean, the, the townships. The, 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 each town has their own plan, right? The, yeah. the, the mayor of Erie, he had activating the vision, right? Mm -hmm. had Embrace Mill form. Creek. Embrace Mill Creek. Harbor Creek has um, their plan and the, uh, so on. Yeah. Impact Corey has yeah. their plan. And uh, our job is to support the elected officials in achieving their economic development goals. So do, do you feel like um, that we're just getting a, we're, on, we're having like a little, um, a moment where we're just trying to sort things out because we've had a, an administration change? Or uh, is this a pivot point for the economic development strategy of Erie County? I, I would say a pause, but I, I that might be unfair. Anytime we have an administrative change, and it's not partisan, 
whoever is the new mayor, the new accounting executive, the new board of town, they they have the right and the responsibility to put the people they want in the places to help them accomplish their goals, right? And part of what our county executive, it just takes him time to put his team in place. And he was elected to lead, and that's a, a really big responsibility that he puts the right position, people in place to accomplish his goals, right? So I think we just have to give the administration time to put the team in place to accomplish the but goals. But that hasn't stopped you from putting these the, these financing stacks together and these packages together. Meanwhile, you're doing uh, your small business outreach and all that stuff that you normally do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's always a rule for, you know, if we don't do economic development infrastructure, roads and and water and sewer and broadband, none of that matters, right? If I yeah. We can't attract someone if we don't have a place that they can actually go. And the role of public infrastructure can't be understated for our economic future. I'm going to ask an, another tough question. I'm sorry, but w at what level does K-12 education play in the attraction of business and, and basically the critical future of, of Erie County, of Erie MSA? And it's not just the city we're talking about. We're talking about the entire MSA here. It pays more than I think we're willing to acknowledge. Um, think, think of, think of any of us, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're gonna move. We're gonna come open open a new facility here, and we're gonna move a couple of our executives here to hire out the next team. Do they have the school system that they would put their children in? Right. And if the answer is no, then we're probably not on the short list. It's, it's that. True. It's that that critical, and 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 again, does that mean that we end up losing? I, I think I, I like to pick on um, Wexford. I like to pick on you know the north the North Hills of Pittsburgh, where you know it's it's one of the one of the top zips of 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 Western PA, or one of the top zips of, of America is Wexford. You know. And again, if you if that isn't if that's a high value for your company, you're going to want to move to um, to that neck of the woods, the North Hills. You are, but I'm a, I'm a little curious of how much is perception and how much is reality, right? Okay. Uh, people think that the the and I'm not going to. People don't have a high level of confidence in the Erie Public Schools, right? But right. You take Collegiate Academy is is it's brilliant, brilliantly yeah. right. If you go to Erie High School and you look at the career and technical education programs they have there, 900 kids going through that, amazing. Yeah. They have the highest graduation rate at Erie High are those who are in career and technical education center. So you got, so you can't just say this is, oh, we got to just close up. I mean, there are some significant bright spots. So celebrate those, acknowledge where we need to lift up yeah. um, because when we go back to the workforce question that we, we just had, it's like there's nobody wants to work, and I'm saying there are 900 kids graduating um, with real with skills real and, and have a higher graduation rate at, if they're in career and technical education. Why are they not getting employed? Where's the disconnect? Or, hey, I can't find workers. There they are. So th <laughs> that, is, that is our cliffhanger <laughs> with James Grunke. To be continued, because... To me, it, honestly, James, as we come out of the pandemic, to me, there's 
there's uh, there's two major things that we're dealing with here. It's got to be the jobs. It's got to be the workforce, and and it's got it's got to be education and 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 really violence, the youth violence thing. Uh, honestly, those are there's probably the top three. Um, uh, particular things that our community is dealing with, and we'll continue the conversation. I agree. Thank you so, so much. James Grunke, the president and CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership here on the Joel Natale Show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.